Hello, everybody. We are live for somewhat of a spontaneous, well, spontaneous action. We're going live with Jeremy Deffens to speak about how to find your voice using astrology. And some of you might know Jeremy because he owns or he's the founder of quite um, you may have seen or heard his podcast before, which is the Yoga Teacher Podcast, but also the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast. And another podcast, which is uh, the... There you are already. <laughs> yes. Hello. So three different podcasts, but we're speaking about how to find your voice, your teaching voice, using astrology. And I think it's a super interesting topic a lot of people are interested in. But Jeremy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself first? <laughs> yes, hello. Uh, hello, Crooked. There we go. Uh, so I have been in health and wellness uh, since 2003, 17 years already. And I've been teaching yoga 11 years. Uh, yeah, so I love yoga, astrology, Ayurveda. All of the Vedic teachings are amazing and have been life-changing for me. I struggled with depression in like the 2000s, uh, my early 20s. And uh, yoga was the thing that really got me out of that. So I started to do that every day. And it just rippled uh, out into wanting to become a teacher and take a teacher training. And now here I am. So I'm sharing all my things as, as much as I can on my podcast and my courses and programs and stuff so that keeps me busy and uh just moved across the country so uh finally settling in in my new home and, and loving it here and grateful to be here with you amazing i am very grateful for you joining us today um we just finished another interview for your podcast and we thought let's go online and speak about what we're up to together, because very soon, some may have seen it already, we are live for the yoga, the International Yoga Teacher Summit. And on this summit, we've got a lot of different teachers with a lot of different experiences, sharing how you can best build your own international career. <clears throat> but finding, um, finding teaching opportunities abroad, but also how to develop your skills. And Jeremy, I've already told you, but I am a really, really big fan of your podcast. I've been listening to them for a very long time and get inspired by them every time again. Um, so one of the podcasts I really like was I really liked was about queuing and sequencing. And I think this is a very great episode for everyone here listening to as well. So go to Spotify or any other platform that you're using. But what are some of the mistakes that you see new teachers make when it comes to queuing and sequencing? One of my most popular episodes that I get a lot of feedback on is called Why I Stopped Planning My Classes or Why I Don't Plan My Classes. Something like that. I forget the title. <laughs> but I, it's a yoga teacher training podcast. Uh, you'll see it. It's one of the more recent ones. But uh, essentially, when I was starting out, I tried to really overthink my classes. And I would go to my teachers who I liked and write down like everything they did. And I had a teacher I was working with in a mentorship. And she said, she saw me writing in the back of her class, like I was there to observe. And she saw that and she said, stop doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, in, a, in a loving way like it wasn't mean but 
She's like, you don't need that. That's taking you out of your body and into your head. And she said, instead of writing down everything I'm doing, just watch the class and feel the energy in the group and feel how I'm responding to them. And that takes some skill. And I wasn't at that point yet. I was early on in my teaching. So mm -hmm. I still wanted to write things out and plan things out. And the middle ground that I found was something I'm going to share in a moment I call mini sequencing, which isn't something super revolutionary. I think a lot of teachers do this, but a lot of teachers do it maybe unconsciously or mm. not as intentionally. But the mistake that I was making was getting into my head too much, overthinking it, thinking I needed to have this like perfect full uh, sequence in the frame here. So from start to finish, uh, to like, no, okay, we're going to do warrior three, and then we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And like getting all of it sort of meticulously planned out. And I would do that. And I started to do that. And then I would go to teach that class. And like, for example, my whole sequence was built around the shoulders and doing stuff to like strengthen your shoulders. And then I went to teach the class and somebody came in and the first thing they said was, I just had shoulder surgery, so I can't do anything on my shoulders today. So now I was like on the spot, like, how do I adapt? What am I going to teach? Because I don't want this student to feel left out of everything now and like trying to struggle to adapt to everything. So I realized what I needed to learn was not how to have everything perfectly planned out and know everything I'm going to do before I do it but to know how to respond to the students. And just like my mentor said, watch, observe, feel the energy in the room, feel what's happening in their bodies, like empathetically sensing what's happening for them mm -hmm. and know how to respond to that. So rather than having a whole sequence laid out, the middle ground that I found was to respond and, and be present, but also to have many sequences in mind. So the mini sequence is like a series of could be one to eight poses is what I find is kind of a reasonable range. Like one pose might just be supported fish pose at the beginning of class and that's its own little section of the class. Like uh, without getting too much into the weeds, but like for example, a hip opening sequence might be bound angle pose to open the inner hips. Then you do pigeon pose to open the outer hips. Uh, then you do uh, like uh, on your back with the, the supta padamusasana and the hand to foot pose on your back to stretch the hamstrings, the back of the legs. So that's like a mini sequence of three poses. Now you've stretched the inner, outer, and back of the legs. And then you can do the front of the hips too. But that's the idea is to go from needing to figure out the entire class to figuring out sections of the class. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's a whole lot more depth to it beyond that, but that's the main idea. And it takes some skill and practice and to really kind of know a wide range of uh, adjustments and adaptations. But that's how you go from overthinking it in your head, planning the whole thing, to being able to spontaneously create the sequence with your students. And I'll just add one last thing here is, I thought that's like, oh, that's just winging it and that's unprofessional and like, <laughs> they're going to know I'm just making it all up as I go. And what's actually true is that they're going to, what actually ends up happening is they feel like I'm completely tailoring the entire thing to them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you're getting a massage or something, you wouldn't want them just going through, okay, do A, B, C, and D, but they never got to my tight shoulders and they didn't work on this knot that I had. 
you want them to like find and like, oh, how did they even find that thing? I didn't know was even in there and they work it out. And then I feel like I got this completely tailored experience to me. And that's what's possible with this approach to sequencing. And that's what the feedback I always get from students is like, that was exactly what I needed. So that's what I would hope you can get from this as well. Exactly. I think it's something that I, I can imagine for people just coming out of teacher training sounds really scary because where do you even start? But having like these, I, I, I work with the same thing and I call them sequencing blocks. But having these blocks of, of mini sequences that you can always adjust and adapt to what your students truly need will obviously, uh, like you say, um, give them or, or sorry, <laughs> they will be, come to you after class like that's exactly what I, what I needed. But it also really allows you to take your students on a deeper journey because they're not focusing on anything general or something that you had prepared for them and everything is going through that same experience. But it's super personalized and makes your classes a lot more beneficial for them. But it's scary. And before you get there, <laughs> there are certain things that could help you, I think. Any ideas on this or anything that you could share with us? Yeah, so that's sort of a, a destination to work towards mm -hmm. and that takes definitely skill and experience. And what is the skill and experience you want? Well, that's the kind of stepping back to cueing and the way you're communicating each part of the class to know what it feels like in your body because you've practiced it so your practice is very important and then to understand more like pigeon pose is more like stretching the outer hip and the hamstrings because you feel that and you learn you know maybe you learn the anatomy in your training maybe you learn it more through like i know in the summit there's another teacher teaching more on anatomy or other trainings you take but you start to learn more of like the effect of each pose individually mm -hmm. then you know how to string them together and you know that uh for example uh, like one i'll just say like one thing I, I learned through experience is like doing pigeon pose like the standard version for maybe a third or a fourth of students is uncomfortable like it's not a resting pose because there's so much mm -hmm. tension in their outer hips, their low back. And that's the kind of thing you, you only really learn from your own experience and observing people. And then you start to learn, well, if I just sequence that into the class, um, that's not going to be effective for everybody. So you learn to give options and you learn in your cues to say, you can come into pigeon pose, the standard version, or you can go down to your back in pigeon or any variation of pigeon that works for you today. So that's a AQ that is giving options and helping people adapt. And they're just thinking like, oh, I'm just gonna listen to my body and do what feels right. And you can you know, give more specific cues beyond that of like the alignment and the movement and getting in and out of the pose. And Annie has great lessons on her podcast about ways to cue effectively. I've got quite a few podcasts about cueing as well, but the, the really quick lesson, so one thing you can take from this that I use is verb your noun. So uh, step your right foot, uh, reach your arms, and then Annie talks about like a direction as well. Uh, so reach your arms overhead. 
step your right foot forward. Uh, so these kind of very clear cues and the way I describe it is like being a GPS uh, with a heart because you're a human. Uh, so you're not just robotic or do this, do that, do that, but that's the foundation. So the, the cueing starts with the verb your noun in a direction usually uh, and knowing like why you're doing it because this pose is going to be effective for this. This might not be accessible for everyone, so I'll offer modification. And yes, that is a lot. <laughs> it's not easy to come right out of teacher training and know all these things. But if you're practicing regularly and if you are teaching regularly, this stuff all comes through time. And it's a, it's a thing to work towards. And yeah, you could still be planning your sequences. You could still be mapping everything out. But as you're doing it, start to notice, like, how can I say that more efficiently? How can I be more clear and concise here? Uh, why am I doing this? What effect is it having? Is it maybe inaccessible for some? Am I seeing a student struggle with this pose? Is there another way I could say it that could help them? And then you start to build your vocabulary from there. And uh, that's my very quick spiel about cueing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I think all of this really has to do with the development of your teaching style and your teaching voice as well. And for those that come out of teaching, teacher training, they often copy what their teachers said because it's something they've heard, it worked for them, so they should say it the same way. It's like children copying their parent, parents as well. But to, you, we all know the phrase, uh, teach us your authentic self, find your voice, teach us your true self. I think this as well really takes a lot of um, skill and practice to do so. But I know that you have found a way to already know a little bit more about the way that you could teach or develop your teaching voice using astrology. How yes. does that work? Because I'm very sure that everyone here is super interested in that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that is kind of now going another step back to before you're even teaching and cueing, yeah. like why or, or what is your voice and how are you communicating and your approach to that? So it's very cool that in astrology, you can actually see how your voice would express. So for example, um, somebody who has Mercury and Mars conjunct in their birth chart would be more quick and sharp in their communication. They even tend to swear a lot because Mars is anger and violence and aggression and warrior energy and Mercury's communication. Uh, so this is a common thing. We've seen so many charts. I've been doing Vedic astrology, uh, studying that since 2006, and I have an astrology podcast as well. So I integrate all these things together, and you just start to see patterns over time. And that's not good or bad. There's no judgment. You just see like the variety of human experiences that there are. Uh, I don't have that placement and I don't have anything like that. So I, I like to never swear in my teaching or in my business or my work or anything in general. Uh, but like if somebody has that and they're, they're like this kind of teacher where they're just like off the cuff and very, you know, uh, like to swear in their teaching, that's okay, I see it in your chart. And that's just part of your expression, that's okay. It's not how I do it, but that's how you do it. And I'm not gonna try to make you like me. Uh, I have something in my chart 
This is K2 in the second house. K2 is about detachment and separation. Second house is your voice. Uh, now, you don't need to know all these things, uh, but I will, uh, I will have a way in our summit where I go through like how to know, okay, I have this, this is what that means. So you can kind of hone in on like some of your gifts and some of the challenges mm -hmm. that would go with it. But K2 in the second house is a detachment from the voice. So earlier on in life, because that's also second house is your early childhood. I was super quiet, shy, and never would have thought I'd be using my voice in my job and like mm -hmm. having podcasts and be a speaker in any way. <clears throat> because in the childhood, I was so detached and so quiet and so shy, like I wouldn't even talk to somebody across the room. Like mm -hmm. uh, like my mom would kind of tease me about it even of like, why? like just talk to me, I'm right here. And I would have to like literally go across the room even as a child and just like, now I could talk to her cause she's close. Uh, but that um, experience and, and like in my teens as well, like uh, I was in bands and like we couldn't find a singer and I'm like, I'll, I'll just do it. Cause I was just like, wanted to, <laughs> like we need a singer, I'll just do it. And like, I would try to sing and like my voice would just not come out the way I wanted it to it was like so detached from me and like so hard to access. Um, but as I got into yoga and did my yoga teacher training and ended up in front of a room having to teach, now I'm teaching about spiritual things and that's what K2 also represents. So mm. my voice is being used to talk about spiritual things. And when I do that, it's very easy and I can access it and just talk and talk. And uh, you know, when you teach a yoga class, you're just doing a monologue. So uh, that's what I uh, kind of evolved that into of like using that as a gift now. Uh, so those are just some quick examples of like how, when you know the things in your astrology chart that you can see your gifts, your challenges and your opportunities within that. Mm -hmm. uh, like somebody again, who has like the, Mercury and Mars example, those people are, are uh, vinyasa teachers. So mm. they, they are quick, sharp, direct. Uh, one of them teaches power yoga with weights. That's Mars and Mercury energy. And it's also in her house of teaching the ninth house, which has, has to do with teaching. So that's this example of like, there's no one right way. Just because I, I talk more soft and I don't swear and I'm more like spiritual and philosophical or whatever. Uh, I'm also very analytical because I have Virgo rising. So I like to be very mm -hmm. detailed. Uh, so somebody who is Virgo rising is going to really want to know like, what are the precise, clear, direct things that I'm saying and how do I say it directly and clearly? Uh, somebody who has Saturn, uh, like in the second house is going to talk slower and, uh, have like a more grounding mature kind of voice uh, somebody who has like mercury in the second house is going to have a more playful voice uh, mercury um, in pisces in the second house would be like very spiritual like somebody who had like mercury in the 12th house like they would just be like a channel like they were just very good at teaching like visualizations uh, manifestation meditation kind of stuff chakras focusing on all this subtle etheric stuff. So that's an example. I'll go into like very specific details. So you'll be able to find the things that you have in the summit 
Uh, but that's the quick overview of that. It is so cool. And I think it will help a lot of people develop their voice or find something that they feel more passionate about teaching. Because coming out of training, and I think I mentioned this already, it's so easy to copy your teachers, but that really could give you some insight into the way that you actually want to carry on your knowledge of yoga to other people. Um, what do people need? Because I'm assuming that not everyone knows what planets and what uh, signs they've got in which houses. So how does this work? For <laughs> oh, yeah. Good question. Uh, that's important. So quietmindastrology.com is where you can get your free birth chart. And then you'll have that for the summit. And then you'll know if you have these things or not. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and it's in, it's an easy download, right? And you've got free video with that to explain as well. Yeah, yeah. Quietmindastrology.com and you get a video that explains because you're going to download it and you're going to be like, what is this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, it's its own whole thing. You don't need to learn astrology. You don't need to know any of that necessarily. But the video kind of walks you through how to understand it on the basic level and then at the summit i'll go through in detail of like okay if you see this in the chart that you got this is what it means uh, and it's all going to be specific to your voice as a teacher and mm -hmm. how to really bring out your gifts as a teacher yes i think this is going to be such a cool training everyone that's here you're putting your calendar already because it's going to be on sunday the 21st of august I'm going to double check the time because it's in the afternoon here. But I think it's 4 p.m. CEST. So that's 4 p.m. in most of Europe. What, what time is that for you? Like 10? Uh, six hours earlier in central time. Yeah. So that's 10 central, 11 eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. That's some great knowledge you've got there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A human time converter. I find it so <laughs> difficult to tra track all the different time zones. I'm really bad with numbers. <laughs> I just know Europe. So yeah, like six hours, Europe minus six equals central time. Amazing. So yeah, 21st of August at well my 4 p.m cst but you can check out the website as well because it's um it's going to be in my link in my bio and jeremy will be sending the link as well so don't forget to sign up i'm super excited about it is there anything else that you would like to share um, i i want to touch on i forgot to mention what you're saying is, is true like we do parrot our teachers and that's that's okay when you're starting and mm -hmm. you'll find you're, you're essentially just a uh, hybrid of all the teachers that you've studied with and that you've learned from, because that's coming down through you. This is a lineage from teacher to student, from teacher to student for generations. So it's totally okay to just repeat what you're hearing at first as you're figuring it out. Um, but to really find your own path and to find your own voice is so far beyond just teaching it's like you're here in this experience as a human not to just be a copy of somebody else but to mm -hmm. express your gifts and to express something that nobody else could ever express that never existed before will never exist again 
And that takes some deep work. It takes some practice, it takes time. So you don't need to have all that right away, but that is a direction to be moving towards in your teaching of finding what is really coming through you in this filter of this tradition that you value, that we want to stay true to, but also finding your unique expression because that is what's gonna resonate with your students and ultimately really serve them the most is that they can feel that you are being authentic, that you are really there for them and service to them and not just repeating something or copying something because you saw it before, uh, but you're really present with them and you're really sharing something authentic from yourself. That's beautiful and a great reminder. I really hope that everyone can embody that. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for showing up live here with me today. I'm super excited about the, the summit interview and I hope to see all of you watching there as well. Um, I've completely forgot to ask, but is anyone here that has any questions about anything? <laughs> uh, Laura joined. Uh, Laura's in my program for yoga teachers right now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. We've got a lot of people here as well joining that are going to join our course tomorrow because tomorrow we start the Teach Yoga and English course bundle, which is a five-day course. So we've got Gulis here. And I think I saw Katie and Paula. I will see all of you tomorrow again. Alexandra is here. Um, I don't see any questions coming in, but if you go through the day and something comes up, just write a DM and we'll get back to you. And for now, I will see some of you tomorrow on the course and I will see you, Jeremy, on the 21st of August. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And don't forget, everyone, go to quietmindyoga.com to download your birth chart. Not that site. That's actually somebody else has that URL. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Okay, uh, quietmindastrology. So <laughs> quietmindastrology.com. Okay. Quietmindastrology.com. Excuse me. <laughs> I will put the link here below the show notes, the, the description yes. of the video. Okay, great. Amazing. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone. And we'll see each other all very soon. All right. Bye. Goodbye.